I got a few questions after the podcast about the gift that comes from a relationship and the gift of possibility. And it's kind of the flip side of that, which is talking about what about the characteristics and the aspects of someone's uh, personality or our experience with them that we don't like. And I just wanted to clarify that, you know, as I kind of touched on yesterday, there could be more than one side to this in the sense that you meet someone and there is a positive quality. So it's kind of like looking for the silver lining, looking for the beneficial lesson, looking for the thing that you really loved about that experience. But on the other side of that, there are going to be other things that you weren't um, in love with, (laughs) that you didn't like, that you learned through experience that you were certain that you didn't want. And so it's got both sides to it. And every person and interaction and experience is a teacher. And it's there to also um, help you see yourself better in the sense that if something I experience while I'm dealing with a person shows me a trigger, shows me something that I struggle to deal with, it brings up really difficult emotions for me around that, then I it points to the fact that I have work to do around a certain area. Another thing could just be that that for me is a deal breaker and I realize that it's something that I don't want. So generally speaking, when you're getting to know uh, someone for marriage, I think that I would divide people into two camps. So the person who's looking to marry someone who is kind of new to the process, they aren't entirely sure what they want and they haven't created a solid list of musts and deal breakers. They're still feeling out what they want. They're still figuring out what the landscape looks like and they're really new to the process. That's that's one group. The second group, I'd say, are the people who have kind of gone through this a little bit, either in the process of getting to know someone or just throughout their lives, they're just more aware about the dynamics and relationships and interaction. And so they're really clear and decisive at this stage about what it is that they want and don't want. So for the first group, for them, they're kind of going through these experiences with people. And it may be that they're talking to someone for a short period of time, or they're dealing with them as in meeting them and seeing them for a little bit longer. But ultimately, it's not turning into a marriage and it's not basically what's written for them, but they're kind of going through these uh, different interactions and succession, you know, one after the other. And what that is, is basically their opportunity to learn about what they actually want and don't want with more clarity. Because it's one thing for me to tell you, you know, this is a red flag. This is a good thing to look out for. This is something you should want. And it's another thing entirely for you to experience someone who has that quality and realize what it feels like to be in their presence, to know like through experience that this is something that you definitely don't want to deal with. And, you know, we say this all the time that when you're tested with something and you don't get the lesson, you continually are tested with it again and again in different ways. You meet someone who has qualities that are difficult for you to manage, that are hard for you uh, to, to spend time around. And yet, you don't draw a hard line or a boundary or make it a deal breaker and you meet someone else who has the same qualities and you're tested with that again and you'll continue to meet people who have those qualities until it becomes a really clear no for you. For example, 
someone who speaks to you in a particular way that you find to be condescending or disrespectful, people who use language or who have particular habits around, you know, it's a vice, like they smoke or they, um, you know, shayish, like smoke hookah or shisha or they uh, do, you know, drugs or they drink or they're not, you know, consistent with their idea around prayer or they're not as committed to practice of faith as you'd like to be when you imagine like your marriage and your household and how you want to raise your children. In that respect, the person's not in alignment. So if you, this is something that you're able to see from the outset of your interaction with them and you still proceed with speaking to them, even though you know that that's something that you don't want, then that's the test and the lesson repeating itself until you reach a point where you can look at someone and say, okay, this is not what I'm looking for and just leave it at that instead of putting yourself through it again and again. And as long as you continue to repeat your, uh, you know, exposing yourself to those qualities, it just means that the lesson hasn't sunk in yet. And it will continue to happen until you reach a point where you're really crystal clear that that's something that you want or don't want. And you're not going to put yourself through that again if you feel like this person is not in alignment. And in closing, a final point I want to talk about is when you are interacting with someone who you feel ticks a lot of uh, the boxes in terms of what you have on your list, and but there are some of the things that are deal breakers. So they're at 70%. They're kind of most of the things that you want. And I received a question about you know, or, or a comment rather about how that's kind of about you looking into whether that final 30% that's not what you asked for is something that you can manage or, you know, kind of get along with or not. If something in that 30% is a deal breaker, then now the question becomes, what are you doing there? Wherever a deal breaker appears, that's it. There's, there's nothing to discuss because that's a deal breaker for you. It's the opposite of a must. It's something that you cannot manage and will not uh, settle for. And I think that the question of dealing with decision-making around fear versus being willing to wait for what it is that you're asking Allah for, what it is that you know you need when it comes to your musts and your decisions, because it comes down to this question of am I asking for too much? Am I being too picky, too fussy, too demanding? Are my standards too high? And I think that that's something that you know the answer to if you were honest with yourself about making this list of musts and things that you're looking for. A must is not a bonus. A must is not something excessive. A must is like the basics. So if you're finding that people that you're meeting are not meeting your musts, then there's there's it's not about you being too demanding, that's core stuff. That's basic stuff. And if it's important to you and you consider it to be a must and each individual is going to be different and our our priorities and values and standards around different areas are all going to differ because we're different individuals. It's not something that people outside of you can gauge or comment on. So when people tell you your standards are too high or you're too picky or you're too fussy or you're this age or you're asking for too much, their commentary is really, the, that's their problem. It's It does not matter in the sense that it doesn't change what your core needs are. It doesn't change what your core values are. So what are we discussing? So if you haven't met someone who meets those qualities, it's really, really important that 
you don't turn this into a test and a lesson by trying to settle to make it fit, to force the fit because you're afraid that nothing better is going to come along or you're afraid that you're turning away something good or that you're being too picky or too demanding or that you don't deserve, that you don't deserve the things that you're asking Allah for. And so you try to just sabotage it by settling for any old thing. And as a lesson in life, settling never pays off. Going against your gut instinct and settling for less than what you know you need or you deserve never works out well. You always will pay for it in headache and heartache at some point. So it's better to go ahead and proceed with faith in the sense that you're being honest with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and with yourself about these lists that you've made and what you're setting out to look for and just proceeding to go ahead. Ultimately, if something is meant for you, it's going to be yours and you can't miss it. You can't sabotage it. You can't mess it up. You can't do anything to stop it from coming. So why do you have that fear that if you don't kind of change the way you're behaving or lower your standards or edit your list that you may be stopping a blessing that Allah wrote for you from coming to you. You can't stop your qadr. You can't stop your rizq. Qadr is what Allah decreed and wrote for you. And rizq is sustenance, something that Allah decided to gift to you or give to you. It's yours and no one can stop it. So having, uh, you know, this position where you're deciding from a place of fear and, and scarcity and lack, it doesn't make sense. It's counterintuitive in this process. So you proceed with your istikhara, you proceed with listening to your, your gut instinct and your intuition on things, and inshallah ta'ala, you can't go wrong. That's all I wanted to share with you guys, and jazakumullah khair for listening. Uh, I appreciate the feedback and the questions, the comments, uh, the ladies who come to work with me as clients, who approach with these questions, who need guidance on this process. We can book a session and we can talk, inshallah ta'ala, to help uh, and see where I can guide you or, or help you take these steps any better. Yalla, take care, guys. I look forward to sharing more. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.